Uh, good morning. Hi, how you doing, bud? I'm doing well. Hey, we got another fresh episode. This is like, what, three weeks in a row now that we've been in studio and we're uh, recording this just... No, we're not recording this, are we? All right. Good morning. That's how I'm going to start this off. <laughs> and hello. Hey, I am Zach Miller alongside Warren Cluck. Hello. For another fresh, third week in a row, fresh episode of Music to My Beers. Yeah, and some days the roadmap of the show is plotted out by events going on, like social events, like we were at Westwind a couple of weeks ago. What are social events? Yeah, right. <laughs> Other times, they're dictated by events on the calendar, and uh, we celebrated on Thursday National IPA Day. The India Pale Ale gets its own day. And its own badge on Untapped, so hopefully you checked in and in and around that time. Uh, I think far and away, I can say before we get into the show, that this is the, the, the favorite beer style of the show, right? Oh, yeah. For sure. I mean, if I was to name any of my favorite beers, an IPA is... Absolutely. That that's the one that I'll go into a place and I look up on the board and be like, "What do you got? What is your second favorite? Second favorite? I think I, I think I have to go stouts. I would say the same thing: a stout or a porter, something dark. But yeah, the problem with porter, we'll get into this once we get into the cold weather shows. There aren't a whole lot of them. No, it's not. You know, every brewery has their IPA. Every brewery has their hazy, but not every brewery is like, "Yes, porter it up. Let's do this." Yeah, that's true. I, and I'm I'm still a little confused about the line, the fine line that is a porter and a stout. Um, but maybe well, that's something we'll have to learn. Yeah, we'll have we have between now and sweater weather to figure it out. <laughs> well, maybe we'll have, you know what we should do have a brewer come in and tell us about it. But uh, we have a lot of show for you today on uh, our National IPA Day show. Thank you for joining us once again. This is music to my beers. Michiana's first, best, and only show dedicated to craft beer and drinking music. Cool brews, hot tunes. This is music to my beers. Music to my beers on Real Rock 103.9, The Bear. Pleasure to have you aboard. Yeah, it's always a good time. It's our it's our drinking hours. It is our drinking hours, and uh, this is because Thursday was National IPA Day, which super lame. It didn't fall on a Friday. Oh man, basically Friday Eve though. Mm, yeah, uh, so we thought we'd dedicate the entire show to our favorite, our runaway favorite style of beers, and let's get this out of the way first. The one IPA uh, style or subset that I don't particularly enjoy, and and more and more breweries are starting to take a swing at it, is the Brute IPA. I was just going <laughs> to say, I think I know what you're talking about, or know what you're thinking. Yeah, the I think the one of the better ones that I tried was from Old Nation. They've got a Brute M43. Yeah. And... Uh, it was it's an interesting taste, but I would never go back for a second can. No, and no, it's uh, dry. It's it doesn't give you that like when I'm drinking an IPA, I like a nice good balance between um you know some of that mild sweetness that comes with the malt, but also you know the hoppy bitterness. And I feel like with the brute, it, they just kick all that out, so it's just dry and hoppy and not very good. Yeah, and uh, they they give it the brute name because it shares a lot of the same uh, bone dry characteristics you're going to find with a champagne. But it's it's supposed to be like on the opposite end of the spectrum. You have hazies on one side, you have the brute IPA on the other. I think the reason it's going to start take off a little bit is because it's typically lower carb, lower calorie. Oh, which is a big draw for a lot of people, and and it's interesting. But I don't know much about. You know, I I can't imagine somebody going home and be like, yeah, I'm going to have six Sierra Nevada brute IPAs. Mm, no, <laughs> I'll stop at one. No, and it's. Uh, <laughs> I think it's. It, it's only been around since 2017, 18 ish, somewhere in there. So it's still yeah. a relatively new style. And who knows, man? I don't know if it'll catch on and get crazy like Hazy's have in the last few years. But um, 
Yeah, now that we've gotten the brute IPA discussion out of the out of the way, we don't have to talk about it the rest of the show. No, no, I was gonna say I, I'm fine with one one brute, and I could be done for the rest of the day. Um, but one one thing that I would think would be, and this is like the assumption that I actually know what I'm talking about when it comes to beer, is like, what if you soured up a brute IPA? So it kind of had that that same kind of sour property, but a hoppy finish. I, I don't know. I mean, why would you just turn it into a goza at that point or something else? <laughs> you know, why stop it, Brute? Why not make it something we all want to enjoy? Exactly. Um, yeah, you know what? And maybe a, a brewery around the area, or I'll, I'll get my hands on one that, that changes my opinion. Maybe I just, maybe Old Nation and uh, the couple of others that I've had haven't been the best examples, but uh, I don't see myself falling in love with it. That dry hmm. mouth taste is not something I, you know, champagne, there's a reason I only drink it once a year, and it's you know, that one snifter or whatever, that one flute on New Year's Eve. It's not a pleasant you know, and wine did this for me too, and I think it's probably why I steer away from wine is when you drink it, you swallow it, you're left with that really dry, like just sort it's like of stingency. Yeah, and and I, that's not why I go to beer is yeah. is to have that mouthfeel, and and that's why you know the hazies are so fun because they combine the uh, all the traits that I love about an IPA, but also there's a, a weird thirst quenchiness to it. Yeah. You get a little bit of that juice, like it's almost like you're drinking some orange juice or something citrus, and and even some of the the more creative um, styles have put added fruit into it or made it kind of a milkshake with the lactose. Yeah, and I don't know what kind of even property you would assign for that for that sort of feeling, but if I have like a we'll say like a two hearted or like a turtle tamer or something, just you know, great classic ipa yeah it always makes me want to have another one mm-hmm. you know that leads you you're like ah, oh, i should have another one but you can t- you could take a big 16 ounce hazy and like wow this is refreshing it quenches my thirst you know gives me a little bit of a warm feeling in my in my tummy <laughs> and, and i'm done yeah and you move on but uh, and but that's why i don't like brute because it gives me uh none of those things it doesn't, <laughs> doesn't give me a good mouth feel it doesn't give me a pleasant feeling afterwards and uh you brought up an interesting point though about the the low calorie stuff because one beer that we haven't really talked about we were really super hyping it up when it came out but we haven't talked about it in a while and that's a lighthearted ale have you picked that up in a while uh, not in a while, but at that first week it was available at all the bottle shops. I bought a couple of six packs and uh, and had a great time with it. Yeah, but it's it's kind of that dry. It it still has some hoppy properties and it has a slight flavor of two hearted. But for me, that one just ended up a little dry too, a little too dry. Yeah, and I think the reason I got away from that is because that was right about the time I started dabbling my foot back into some of those old timey classic beers. Oh yeah, and those are the same alcohol range, like that three to five, three to three to four and a half percent ish. Yeah, you can peel back a lot of those. Yeah, and that was one of the funnier things when I started doing this early this summer, uh, earlier in quarantine, I should say. Where you, <laughs> I'm like, well, I want to be budget minded for starters because you know money. Yeah, uh, in the uh, in the pandemic, but then also I thought. I, I forgot what it's like to be able to crush nine of a beer over the course of like four hours and still be able to function and have a good time. Remember and, everything. Remember what you said to people. Yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> and it's funny. Last uh, last week, uh, Transient did their Barklord pre-orders, and mm-hmm. the, I think the pickup started on Wednesday. And you look at some of the beer, some of the ABV, these things clock in at like 13, 13.5%. Like, whoo, yeah, that's a, that's a, enjoy one with your friends, split it with a couple few people, and and move on with your day, but it is weird to sit back and drink what is essentially a gallon of beer in a day and still be like, ah, all right, what do you want to do tonight? I'll throw something on the grill. I'm fine. I'm pretty fine. <laughs> that and you're able to, like, crush a 30-pack in a matter of days. Yeah, yeah, and that was the, the fun thing about Lighthearted. The one mistake I think they've made is because it's a it's a great lighter beer and it still has kind of that uh, it, in the ballpark of a flavor of a, a full two-hearted is 
They only have it in six packs. Mm-hmm. That, is yeah. a, that is a 12-pack beer. That is a 24-pack beer. And the price point is still too high yet mm. to commit to, hey, do I want to buy a six-pack of that? Or for the exact same price and double the alcohol content, I'll buy its older brother. You know, the two-hearted. Yeah. Or the double two-hearted. They should make that again. Yeah, I was going to say, let's take a moment of silence really quick to remember Bell's two-hearted from la- double two-hearted from last summer. That's oh, what I look most forward to. Thursday was National IPA Day. You're a big fan of the IPAs. I am as well. And uh, if you saw our beer shirt Thursday earlier this week on the Instagram for Music to My Beers, you know that uh, we both paid homage to our favorite style. We talked about brewed IPAs being our least favorite subset of the uh, IPAs. Ooh, yeah. We'll talk about double IPAs a little bit later on, but uh, as far as the hazies go, we have a minute to break down and talk about this a little bit. For me, the hazies fall into two categories. There's the really hazy, boutique, hard-to-find, very expensive uh, variety, and then there's the mass-produced, like, we'll take Bell's official hazy IPA, mm-hmm. and like the uh, like some of the... The cheaper, easier-to-find ones, I feel, are always more juicy than hazy, for sure. Yeah, and I think that there's a a different way that the big mass-produced ones get made. Um, Because from talking with my brother, he's like, it's all about the proteins and some kind of a balance. Like, I mean, he's talking science, which is way above my head. And so... Yeah, um, right. So I'm looking on the label of some of these, and I realize that, uh, like, I think it was... um, Southern Tier. Southern Tier had a hazy that they produced, and it was made with, they kind of cheated the system because they made it with a wheat uh, ale yeast, which creates that hazy cloudiness that you get with like a Polliner or um, like a, an Oberon or, or any other wheat beers where it's like, it's 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 already hazy, but, uh, but then making it an IPA, I don't know, they brew it like an IPA, then at, throw in the wheat ale yeast, I don't know, but... He actually, with his IPAs, he brewed, the, brewed them like IPAs and actually used IPA yeast, but it's something with the protein compounds, and I don't know yeah, and what it, it is. And it's so if you, if you took like a Bell's Hazy and, or Official and you dumped it into a glass and you put it right next to you know anything from Bare Hands or we'll say Premise from, uh, from West Wind from a couple of weeks ago. Oh, that was good. Just the look of them, you can tell just by looking at them juicy versus hazy, what's going to fall into what, what more of the. Uh, but I've always found that the, the hazier. The hazier of the spectrum mm-hmm. are always like sold in four packs and sixteen ounce cans, or they're hard to track down, or they're limited release versus the juicier ones. And and there are sometimes what a juicy will fit the bill. That's gonna yeah. be fine. Yeah. I well and I would say too, like the with the haze craze that's brought about a new um IPA drinker because my mother in law, for instance, was not an IPA person at all. She was a fruit beer, line of Kugel, um, I mean you name it. Fruitier the, the better. But I turned her on to an M forty three and she's like, wow, yeah, I'll, I'll have a whole can. Yeah, that was one of the the M43 from Old Nation up in, uh, what is it, Williamston, Michigan. That was kind of the first beer that was hard to get, mm-hmm. pretty hyped because you couldn't get in Indiana. You had to go to Crockers and Niles or you had to go to, you know, the bottle shop there up in uh, Edwardsburg. You take something like that and you put it up against like Unraveled from uh, from Founders. And that's, again, the difference between hazy and juicy. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. So thirsty. Well, and also, too, Old Nation popped up in a Paste Magazine article like a couple of years ago being like the best New England style, not from New England. They they like showcased uh, 10 different beers, and M43 made that list. That's pretty great. We'll have to dig that article up and uh, and link it on the old Facebook page. Yeah. And and we came into the Old Nation, the hazy stuff, because, uh, you know, you're on Facebook. You remember these beer groups, these traders, and you, and you hear about things and see things on Untapped at Treehouse. Mm-hmm. Was one of the big ones. Uh, Hetty Topper. 
Oh, yeah. Yep, from Virginia, one of the big ones. Hetty Topper was kind of the original, and they also told you not to pour it into a glass. They would have you drink it from the can, so you didn't know that it was hazy. Yeah, it was super weird. And then after we had uh, Hetty Topper, I was like, I remember, but even before we were really into it, Mm -hmm. you heard about it, and you're like, yeah, my buddy bought this. It was 50 bucks a can (laughs) shipped here. And uh, one day, one of my neighbors down the street, he goes, hey, a buddy of mine dumped off a bunch of craft brew from a vacation he had. And he goes, I don't drink the stuff. You want it? And it was like nothing, nothing, nothing. Heady Topper. I was like, yes. Wow. Give it to me. I'll take it. And and that kind of brings you into the treehouse. And we've had some amazing stuff from those guys. But yeah, when we had the old Nation M43, we thought, all right, this is, this is our hometown. Easier to get. Don't have to pay for shipping. Just go across the border. Get it. And now it's available all over the place, along with Boss, Boss Tweed, Green Earth, and uh, Carlos. Yeah. Which, Cart Horse was something before, right? Didn't they have to change the name? Yeah. And I don't remember what it was. I don't either. We'll have to look it up here uh, when we go to break in a minute. But uh, this is Music to My Beers. It is our National IPA Day show. We're celebrating a few days late, but so what? We're on beer time, all right? Uh, we'll get to people here in just a second on Music to My Beers. A thinly veiled reason to talk about more alcohol. Let's take our beers to the movie with music to my beers, B movie. Real Rock 1039 The Bear. This is music to my beers. I'm Cluck with Zach, and this is the corner of the show. We like to take a break and say, hey, let's go to the movies. Let's all go to the movies. Sneak in beer. It's a segment we've called B movie. This week, we're going to flash back to 1995. I think this movie was fantastic, but critically, it was panned, it was way over budget, and I think it went so far over budget. There was, a, I think what happened was there was a storm that uh-huh. demolished the entire set because it was set up out at sea, Yeah. so they had to rebuild everything twice, which is why the budget got so big, but we were talking about the 1995 post-apocalyptic action film starring one Kevin Costner, Waterworld. Yeah. Did you see this movie when it came out? Uh, I've actually never seen this movie. I've seen bits and clips of it. Um, I, I recently saw an article about it. Kevin Costner um, said, you know, I want to film this on water. And Steven Spielberg was like, no, don't do it. You don't understand. You should just build a studio with the water and, you know, green screen everything. But no, they wanted to do it on a water. And on the water they did. And it's funny, too. If you look back at the stats, this was considered a bomb at the box office. It uh, it, may, it cost $175 million to make. Whew. But it made 260 at the worldwide box office. So it made its money back. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, ba- if, you know what? You haven't seen it yet. Basically, it's Mad Max on water. Okay. They're all looking for dry land. And you, you go back <laughs> and watch it now, and you're like, hey, that little girl with the map on her back. She was in Napoleon Dynamite. Oh, she was. Yeah, and Dennis Hopper is uh, at his you know villainous best, and I think it's it's a fun movie for whatever reason. I don't know, I don't know why, but my brother Gary, this is his all time favorite movie. So I've seen it probably more than your average dude, uh, but it's great. It is just like a Mad Max movie on the water, and you watch it, you think you get kind of caught up in the imagination of it. Kevin Costner's got gills; he can breathe underwater. It's this whole deal. Uh, if I'm going to sit back and really enjoy this movie and get in get in the groove. I'm going to have to give myself one Revolution Hero Pack. Oh, okay. So I've got 12 beers between 7 and 8% alcohol that will surely, by the end of it, have me, you know, tears rolling down my cheek. This movie is fantastic. <laughs> the triumph of Will. Congratulations to everyone involved in producing this monster. But uh, 
Yeah, I think I think if you're a real film critic, like a real like Roger Ebert type guy, this kind of stuff is not for you. Yeah, he gave it two out of five stars. It's, a, it's more of a popcorn <laughs> movie. Jack Black is in it actually too. Really? Yeah, before the Tenacious D and before anything. Wow. Oh yeah. Oh, I see. Wow. There's uh, quite the the lineup. I feel like Dennis Hopper was basically the villain of every '90s movie. Was yeah. He not? Yeah, and I think that started back in the back in Blue Velvet in the uh, the '60s and '70s. Like he's just a great maniac. Yeah, and yeah. he plays it really well. He's even crazy when he's on Entourage. He's holding those, they're watching soccer and they're betting on it, and you're thinking, God, you know, this is probably how he is in real life. He's probably pretty crazy. <laughs> of all the uh, awards and nominations here from their Wikipedia page, I'm noticing that they won one Golden Raspberry, and that was oh. for Worst Supporting Actor. It goes to Dennis Hopper. Oh. But I would, I, you know what, I'm going to give it, uh, I'm going to give it a six-pack, because I can't quite rate it until I watch it, and I would give it one six-pack of uh, Sweetwater Brewing, because Sweetwater's from my hometown, Atlanta, Georgia, and just their run-of-the-mill IPA, I would pick up. I, I think didn't even Sweetwater IPA. Didn't realize this until I'm perusing his Wikipedia. Dennis Hopper passed away 10 years ago. What? I thought he was still alive. No, he was 74 years old. Last Thursday was National IPA Day, so we thought, hey, why don't we dedicate... You know, the bulk of this show to IPAs this week. We cannot not have a beer show and not celebrate IPA Day, you know? Yeah, and looking back, do any... You know, if you had to name a couple of standout IPAs that you've had, because you and I have had uh, an embarrassing, probably problematic number of IPAs in our day, what stick out to you as, like, your favorite, like, your go-to or one you had that really impressed you and you're like, wow. Oh, man. My, you know, my go-tos are usually, like, a a two-hearted, just run-of-the-mill. You know from my uh, drinking experience a couple of years ago, my go-to was just the standard IPA that came from Lagunitas, because Tony McGee, my guy, he was buying... He came to town. <laughs> yeah, he came to town, and he was buying up everything at Fiddler's Hearth. So, uh, yeah, I had a couple of those on him and Tony D, who was the the beer rep at uh, the Mulligans there. You know what? I, I showed up at the Bear Tailgate. I remember. I came down. Yep. That's when we learned that Zach has a uh, a tell when he's drinking, and it doesn't matter how sober he looks or acts. It depends on how red his cheeks and face are. Like, that dude, just such a giveaway. Like, because you're a smiley guy anyhow, but with those cheeks are like... So rosy, like you came from some sort of theater performance. We we're like, ooh, all right. So this is what Zach's like when he's drunk. Stand back. Yeah. Um, but uh, typically, like, my my IPA is wherever, you know, kind of wherever I'm at. I will always go for whatever the brewery's IPA is. I'll try that one typically first. I'm not one to, like, go start in styles and go up. I think of, like... Petoskey Brewing. They mm-hmm. have that juicy um, IPA, and that's really kind of been their mainstay. They do have Mind's Eye up there, so when I go up north, I, I really enjoy that. So maybe it's regional, but it's also dependent on the brewery. Yeah, I think two of my favorites that are out just a slight outside of the uh, the center, but are still relatively easy to get. I like Antihero from uh, Revolution. Oh, yeah. Just because, you know, the hazies are great. We've talked about it on the show. I'll have a couple here and there, but if I'm going to be session drinking or, you know, having having a real tall one at a restaurant somewhere, then that's a great one, especially when you're in Chicago, because it's on tap everywhere. The stadiums, I mean, it, pff, back alleys has, have a uh, an anti-hero tap. That's great. It's like 7 7.4%, so it's still, it's about that two-hearted range where, you know, you're playing with something fairly potent. Oh, yeah. You know, just a little bit. And you get all the variations, too, sometimes. Yeah. Like, throwing all the, all the different hops. Yeah, their hero series has been a lot of fun. Um, and then I think another another great one was uh, Mosaic Promise from Founders. Oh yeah, yeah. That uh, that comes and goes. It's available seasonally. But that was to me that was a great example. That was what first really sp- the first beer I had that spotlighted alone the Mosaic hop. Mm-hmm. 
and kind of made my maybe think, okay, if I see a beer is made with mosaic, I, I kind of know that's something I'm going to be into. That's a pretty safe bet. Yeah. I, I, I try to keep track of hop varieties now is friggin' impossible. When the show first started five years ago, it was like five. Yeah. There was like <laughs> Citra, you know, and that, and that was it. Says, um, Centennial, you know. Yeah, a couple of weeks ago, I went and visited my brother uh, on a Thursday. Rode my motorcycle up to Kalamazoo, and then he and I took a spin around our you know childhood stomping ground up at Hickory Corners, and I drove by Hophead Farms. Oh, dude. Yeah, and I thought about stopping, but it was. I, I don't think that place does tours or whatever. Like, hey, man, I used to. Live, <laughs> hey, dude, I used to live on the other side of this field. Let me walk around and see what you got. But it was fun to see like their their building right there in downtown Hickory Corners, and then see the uh, the hop trellis. All behind him, like it's a, it's huge. I bet, I bet it. it, it does it look like a vineyard, like a wine vineyard? Uh, or, it's, no? just, it's got that big wire running down all the rows that the okay. hops will eventually grow up to. And wow, yeah. And it was funny because when they first started that operation, I remember we had left town by this time, and you heard that. Oh yeah, the field behind your house is going to grow hops. All I could think was, for wow. what? Well, I just I thought, oh, okay, for like for Budweiser, like what are you going to do? And then uh, and then Revolution, we just talked about him a minute ago. It was one of those fun days where they had a local hero that was made exclusively with hops from that farm. And I thought, okay, that's awesome. Now I understand. And then uh, you know they're they're up and coming on the uh, the regional hop producing scene. But uh, you know I used to pee in that field. <laughs> you know, we used to hide in the core that was in that field. So. That, that soil has uh, you know, some me. good nutrients in it, worn nutrients. Yeah, when I was a teenager, I may or may not have thrown some waste oil out there from the car. <laughs> Who knows? Oh, you know, when I when I think back on, like, the good old days and stuff, when I first was starting to get into the IPA game, this was eight years ago. I tried Bare Hands Thai IPA, and that, for me, changed, changed the trajectory of, like, my IPA drinking because I, I felt like that... That was some new flavor, some from floralness that I had never experienced in an IPA before. Yeah, that was. I think that was the first Bare Hands beer I ever tried. Was mm-hmm. their their Thai PA, and then uh, and then Westy came along, which is another fantastic mainstay. Changes your world. Yeah, and and the IPA, you're right, man. Very much. If you're going to start a craft brewery in 2020, you need to have a great uh, stout, and you need to have a great IPA, and then you know f- go from there. And you, you also have to have it these days too a hazy IPA or something along those lines. Mm-hmm. Uh, but man, gotta I'll, keep up with the demand. All right, we're gonna rearrange the show for a little bit because uh, we got a bit thirsty this hour. We didn't want to wait to the bottom of the hour, so we're gonna do our split one segment right here. We decided that uh, you know what, Zach and I, we get busy moving at the speed of business. We need to make sure, without a doubt, without without missing a beat, we drink a beer on this show at least one every time we do it. So today. Uh, you brought another one. This one is from uh, our own two toms. Yeah, I wanted to celebrate IPA Day like only we could. So you, you kept saying you wanted me to open and pour this one, and I don't know why. Is yeah. this, it's not like a joke can where a you know worm's going to come out. Like, eh. I, I, you know, I, I don't know. I, I think I saw this one on Facebook, and then when I heard that Citywide had it, I picked it up. And I was like, oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? What? <laughs> All right. Well, this is uh, Tom Foolery IPA from uh, Two Toms, and I could say that easily without a doubt. This is probably the least appetizing IPA I've ever seen. I wonder if we're going to see more of this, just like, it, you know, the Jelly Bellies. It pours, what is it, gray? Yeah, it's like dirt water. Yeah, it pours. Like, you can't see through it, but it. <laughs> All right, I'm going to go ahead and take a smell. The the, uh, the head almost has like a slight bluish gray hue to it. But yeah, this pours like it's a gray dirt water Ooh. look. The smell is, the nose is fantastic. It's like a citra. It's a, that's citra what is, you're getting. What does this clock in at? Uh, this one, I will tell you, is 6-7. So 
It tastes great. Amazing. It's got. Uh, it's a little bit dry. It's not. Uh, it's not a, like a super hazy. What's so? What's the point? What is it with the Tom Foolery IPA from Two Toms that they would what, they would say, "Hey, let's make this gray and." I think they just wanted to kind of gross people out, throw you for a loop, because you're like, ah, yeah, I'll take the latest IPA from Two Toms, and then you know the bartender pours it, and you're like, are your lines dirty? I think this beer's gone bad. <laughs> it does, yeah. Wow, this is. I real- don't know where they they came up with this idea, but I thought, man, that's kind of fun. So when I saw it on the shelf, I was like, yeah, I'll yeah, it's right here. Up. Dark beer, roasted malt flavor, wrong. Foolery may be dark in appearance, but it's a citra bomb in flavor. As a brewery, we like to have fun, but we also have fun the way we create beer. Uh, yeah, this is really bizarre. And it's funny, too, because visually, you know, that's a big part of how you taste, is how it smells, what your eyes see, how your brain interprets it. So it's funny to get this taste flavor of the citra hops and the, you know, the IPA f- juiciness, but also look at it and know that this is gray. I this wonder how they did it. It's got really like it's it got the it's really thin, but it has the look of like you know you're about forty two thousand miles past where you should have had your oil changed. Oh yeah, and this is what runs out into the uh, into the drip pan. Yeah, and nothing clear about this one. Uh, so uh, what did this run you? What what a can? Um, and by the way, I should really start buying some of these beers because you're you're out of pocket. What seventy dollars on every one of these I, shows? No, I think it, I think it was only a couple bucks. I don't think that this one runs uh, too high. And I I've actually been a fan of these guys since. Um, Four Winds Field had the uh, Rock and Brew Fest a couple of years ago, and I ran into them. They were kind of a relatively new up and coming brewery, and they're out of Fort Wayne, so they're relatively close. And um, the guy that I was talking to, he was like, "Oh yeah, I'm going there to to bartend um, in a couple of days." At Hop Station, they had a really good two toms. I think it was my favorite two toms I've ever had so far. It was their uh, tiki key lime pie? Ooh, that sounds delicious. It's super green in the glass, and it tastes just like a key lime pie. Mm. It was great. So, uh, all right. Uh, you can follow us on Untapped and get a look at the. Uh, you can take a look on our Untapped profiles <laughs> of how gray and nasty this, like, sock water looking delicious IPA is. Sock water is the best best description, I think. Yeah. And we moved it around this hour because we got a bit thirsty, but here we are at our pick six. Every week, Zach and I chip in three beers a piece into a mixer sixer, and that's kind of like the show's, uh, the show's 15% off deal of the week. Yeah. It's not right? redeemable at any bottle shop. It literally just exists only no. on this show. But We can uh, work on that, though. You know? <laughs> I, yeah. I think because this is national, it was National IPA Day on Thursday, I think we should probably make sure all of our picks are IPAs today. Do you want to go first, or should I go first? That's, uh, I, I can sit here and sip this two times while you want to run it yours down. Yeah, I'll run the, run the gambit with my um, my picks. Uh, so first, <laughs> I know, it's so, so good. good. So good, so dirty. Um, so the first one that I would throw in, and I saw that they released it on the canning line, and I was excited to see it in a, a bottle shop already, but um, Bird Dog from Bear Hands reminded me of my home state of Georgia, throwing strawberries and peaches. It was summer drink in a can. It's a hazy IPA. It's fun how well <sighs> the peach and mango flavor lends itself to these juicy uh Juicier beer, the hazier beers, so good. Yeah, but you, so you have like that nice um, mellow uh, haze with the uh, with the peaches and and that that nice juiciness that you that pairs well with that. But then also the tartness that the strawberry brought on, it was really good. Am I? Am I? All four cans? Is that? Did you take that all four cans in one sitting? I haven't. I just got one can, but I might. Try to get it in all four cans if I can. All right. Try to find it again. Um, the other one that I'm going to throw in is basically it's it's one that I've actually had on many occasions, and we actually did a blind taste test for IPAs one time on the show, and this was kind of the the one that was the experiment. 
and there were two controls because we had our two favorites, Two Hearted and a Centennial from Founders. Yep, and then there was the one Mad Hatter. Yeah, from you, New Holland. You were wearing a Mad Hatter shirt earlier this week for Beer Shirt Thursday. Yeah, and their Hatter Days, uh, which we couldn't have this year due to COVID, thanks COVID, um, are a lot of fun. Because you go up there, you get your tickets and stuff, you can try all the different variations that they have for the Hatter beers. And there's even the, the dark, the black IPA. Yeah, downtown Holland's super fun anyhow. Yeah, it is a good time. Um, and then I'll throw in uh, the last one. Oh, geez. Um, I would probably just have to go with, uh, well, I mentioned it earlier, one that I really enjoy getting when I go up north to Petoskey, and that's Juicy. It's just a good, hazy IPA, and it doesn't set you back too much. And you can usually find it if you're north of Grand Rapids. Like, I know my brother lives in Muskegon. There's a great bottle shop there we go to, and they have it. They have, awesome. Yeah, they have a ton of stuff from uh, from Petoskey. So... Uh, the three I'm going to throw in, uh, two of them are easy to get. One of them is a little bit harder to track down, but usually it's well worth it. The uh, The first one, I mentioned this earlier in the show, is Unraveled IPA from Founders. Oh, yeah. Because as much as I like tracking down hard-to-find and expensive stuff, sometimes I don't want to do the legwork. I don't have the budget. So, you just you know, it's a great middle-of-the-road priced, easily available, juicy, not hazy IPA. Uh, the next one I'm going to throw in is also easy to get. This is one of the first more mass-produced hazies I think I had. It was the hazy little thing. Oh, yeah. From Sierra Nevada. And it's easy to find, comes in six packs, tasty, and it's it's available. You, you go to a lot of, like an, a good airport bar. Mm-hmm. Like that kind of a bar that's not a dive bar, but it's not super classy, like a huge craft beer bar. They usually have something fun on tap, and uh, it, it's really good. There's also an imperial version of it out right now. I was right going to say, doesn't it clock in at a really low ABV, too, for a hazy? Yeah, and the imperial one is something like eight. 8.5. Yeah, dude, it's, it's no joke. And uh, if you ever have a chance to pick that up. But also, Hazy's great if you want to introduce somebody to the style without giving them something that's going to be too expensive or mind-blowing or, you know, you want to work up to it. And the last beer I'm going to throw into the Mixer Sixer. Whoo! Getting the burps from this uh, two times. <laughs> I know. Uh, from Untitled Art, one of my favorite breweries up in Wanucky, Wisconsin. Ooh. They have a uh, a hazy double IPA, and it's uh, it's eight percent, and they they change it every run they make. I think they're up to like run nine or ten now. Uh, they use just a very different variation of hops, so you'll always get a different um, flavor or a little variation of the flavor. But uh, Untitled Art does just stellar work. I love anything. I mean, I have yet to have a bad beer from them. We went to Key West a couple of uh, winters ago, and obviously Tropical Paradise, not big on beers, and there was one craft beer bar close to where we were staying, and they had Untitled Art. It was great, but it was also $12 a can. Oh, my gosh. Yo, you get to $100 between two people real quick. Yeah, yeah, but I think we drank this bar out of Untitled Art. They're like, oh, you know these guys? I was like, dude, this is great. This is like the closest thing I'm going to get to a juicy or hazy IPA in this entire island. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah, so there's our pick six for the week. We uh, still have plenty of show to get to. We have to get to Darcy Murphy's Chick Pick here in just a moment. Hello, it is Darcy with your Chick Pick on this uh, national IPA day. Hey! Hey, you want to drink some of this gray IPA? No, but how? funny that they made it gray that's really funny it's a beautiful beer right i know it looks like i mean it looks like garbage but it's that's really funny to i think me. we kind of dubbed it dirty sock water uh oh because it looks Weird. like you know you washed some really lousy socks in it but uh Ugh. not to interrupt i don't know that, so i don't know that to be true oh, you, you dirt people <laughs> <laughs> you've never washed your stuff down the river <laughs> no so anyway, for National IPA Day, we're celebrating National IPA Day. I'm going to take a beer that I is always my go-to. It's always my standard because you can find it anywhere. It's the beer you order when you're looking at the beer menu to figure out what you want. You order this while you're thinking. A Bell's Two-Hearted. 
right? Yeah. Hey. Like it's it's I love it because you can get it anywhere on the planet for the most part, and um, and it's always the same. You always know what you're getting. So while you're looking at the menu and trying to figure out what local beers you want when you're on vacation, you get a too hearted to hold you over. So yeah, that's the beer I pick. It clocks in seven point two percent. It's delicious. And earlier this show, we were talking about the lighthearted ale and how we were like, all in, we, are, like. we are all in yeah. it for like a week like and it. then we never bought it again. No, I yeah. don't like it. It doesn't taste like too hearted. You like I it mean, for I, your brother. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, I love the idea that they made a light IPA, but if you're going to drink a craft beer, like you have to know that you're in for calories. So just either drink it or stick to the Mick Ultra. Well, it's funny. Goose Island's <laughs> been doing the same thing because they, they recently rolled out in the last eight or nine months that solo IPA that's just low calorie IPA because, you know. More like, no, thank you. <laughs> hey, dude, some of these... If, if you know, you, there's a reason why you don't see a lot of fit people into craft beer. Right? If we you make ever, bad if, choices. If you ever look up some of the calories on like, some of these hazy double IPAs... Oh, it's like, terrifying. Dude, they can get upwards of 400, 450 For calories a beer. A can. Well, the only fit thing that I'm doing is looking to fit. All right. Oh, all right. Okay. All right. okay. Uh, what, what is your song Jackson this week? Fitness. Yes. Um, you want to fit this? Yes. News. He is. Tea. I'm Darcy. News, and News and notes whenever you're ready. All right. Okay. My turn to take over this microphone as I sip on this foolery IPA from uh, Two Doms. Yeah, still great beer. It's weird, a great beer. Weird color, but it also makes it stand out. Like if you see that getting slung around a craft brewery, you're like, "All right, what is that?" Yeah, have some fun with your friends this weekend. If you can pick it up, if you can find it, definitely uh, try it. Yeah, slip it into your cooler and don't tell anybody what it is. So somebody pours it a glass, like, "Whoa, dude, your beer's spoiled." Oh, it's so gross. Um, then you can say, "Yo, the Budweiser is for guests. The craft beer is for me. What are you doing, bro?" <laughs> um, I don't know why, but I've seen all these memes popping up uh, with Stone. Brewing, Greg Cook from Stone. Yeah. Is he, like, involved in a bunch of lawsuits and stuff? Or what? I think so. He was the one that was suing uh, Keystone Light, right? He was suing Keystone Light, but then there was some other stuff. Like, it's like, even if you mention a stone, then, you know, the, you're you're up for a lawsuit or something. I don't know. He's got the trademark there. But I did notice that their CEO has exited after four years oh, from Stone Brewing. So there's so, a job opening. There's a job opening. I might might apply. Yeah, I got a beer show in uh, Indiana, and we also have a podcast. So, you know, I think that makes us more qualified than... We're totally... We have at least five years of experience now. Yeah. Um, so we're definitely qualified. And then um, these two companies, the next two items that I have in news and notes, are nothing related to beer, but they are breweries doing different things. And one is Sun King, which is in Indy. They're uh, they're now doing hard seltzers. You can find uh, they've got a mango hard seltzer, and they're doing other flavors as well. I think that's going to be the next trick that a lot of breweries start to pull is getting into the seltzer game. Yeah, and then you might see more and more. Yeah, it's the segment of the drinking market that has grown, you know, by hundreds and hundreds of percentiles in the uh, the last what two years. Yeah, and they're healthy, right? Yeah, White Claw was the first one that we saw truly, and then like the very next time I went to Belmont, there were seventy two different brands: Corona, Bud, Bud Light. Everybody's got their own. I'll have our own seltzer. Yep, my wife drinks all of them. I love them. Poof. Um, so then the, the last but not least, you know, we've been getting into the colder weather, the more fall-like weather. Yeah, this last week sucked, man. I it, mean, was, it was like football season yeah, is here I already. Know, I think it was last Saturday, August 1st. It was 72. Well, as we get into the, the pumpkin beers, um, I, I don't know if you've noticed, but around town they're, they're popping up. And one of the OG pumpkin beers, Pumpkin, from Southern Tier, they're putting out a pumpkin, pumpkin whiskey. This oh. year, 
So, I don't know. I, I mean, I'd try it. <laughs> That's a ringing endorsement. Do not try it. Can't be any worse than Fireball, right? Oh, Fireball's delicious. Okay. So Nothing says I'm riding the South Shore of Chicago like having a, having a, a pint of Fireball in your breast pocket. <laughs> That's another show for another day. <laughs> yes. Yes, confessions from troubled booze hounds, Warren and Zach. Music to my spirits coming yeah. up next. Yeah, see? We should we do a spinoff show. <laughs> we'll just work all Sunday and drink all the time. Yeah, I'm, I'm here for that. Thank you for joining us in our celebration of our favorites, our favorite style of craft beer. We will see you back here next week for another edition of Music to My Beards. Cheers! Podcasts by Federated Media. Podcasts by Federated Media.